Hi, you're welcome back to another interesting episode in our love series. And this episode is going to be discussing what godly marriages are, what are the ingredients or the essentials you need to fuel and maintain a godly marriage. And, you know, what would that look like for me and you? (laughs) So if you're interested, stay tuned. And heads up, this is a long episode because... You can't talk, you can't say enough things about godly marriages in 15 minutes. You get what I mean? So stay tuned and be blessed. to the God's Ordained Podcast with your host, Ifimena. Thank you. If you're new here, thank you for clicking the button to play and listen to this podcast. I promise you, you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's get right into it. With me here today, I have two beautiful people who have been very exceptional in their walk with God and you know displaying how God has been involved in their life especially in their marriage Um, so this episode we're going to be talking about godly marriages and with me I have Tolu and Anthony Akerele also known as the OA Dynasty (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so much for having us um all right so let's get into it so my question really is what are godly marriages and like what do they look like where can we find godly marriages all right so godly marriages can be found anywhere and everywhere um it's not far-fetched um i think um as much as we have the bible as our guide and we are willing and obedient um to what god would have us do um, it's very, very possible. And I know that, you know, social media has made it seem like it's far-fetched, but the truth is we can have it. And uh, that's actually God's desire for us. Um, we know that not every, um, not everyone who is married is godly. So, they, so, what, so what makes godly marriage is when two godly people come together to, believers. to you know, two believers come together and are willing to obey God step by step. That's very, very key. It's it's not just that you are believers. There are people that are believers, but they are not really open to obey what God is saying. So so that's what makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. um, I trust my wife to do justice to that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, in addition to that, a godly marriage is a marriage with God at the center. And um, it's a marriage between two people that are willing to follow God step by step day by day as he leads them wonderful wow so what I'm hearing is godly marriages God is the source and the center of the whole marriage (laughs) being led by God and both people both individuals agreeing you know we're going to follow God and what God has to say wonderful okay so my next question is um, for your own marriage, what um, what biblical instructions did you guys follow, you know, 
to get into the place of marriage i know i watched your youtube video and i know there was things that stood out for me when i watched it about honoring your parents decisions hearing from god for yourself confirming with other believers as well so just share more of that for us yeah i think i can uh, take that head on um in our own story um we have the we were brought up in the way of the lord so we we're Christians, uh, right from childhood, so to say. Uh, but what was more interesting, or almost more, what was more important in our love story is that we were led to each other. So it wasn't uh, a thing of, okay, let me just look for a fine babe somewhere and just go and date, you know. We were led. And you say you've seen our, our story on YouTube. It, it happened that it's in my life where I wasn't looking for a babe so to say I wasn't looking for anybody to date so that's the place of being led by God and if God is leading you you can be rest assured that he's going to lead you to the promised land so I got to the promised land <laughs> I got to the promised land to the glory of do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, so <clears throat> in terms of, you know, the biblical, like, waters, um, so, of course, the Bible says that um, can two work together except they are agree. Um, for us, that was very, very key. Um, the fact that we shared the same values was very, very important. And I know, of course, we mentioned in our YouTube channel, even though we're not from the same denomination, but the fact that we saw that Christ was at the center, that was very key for us. And, of course, we married from <laughs> our tribe. So I, I know that that might sound like, oh, what do you mean by tribe? I'm not talking about um, tribe in terms of um, where you're from. I'm talking about what you represent, you know, what values, you know, connect you. So are you a Christian? You know, what are the values? You share similar values, right? Yeah. That was very, very key for us. Yeah. And also um, where the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yeah. Um, that's also very, very key for us. Yeah. And of course, my husband mentioned, you know, being led. Um, yeah. Of course, we know that as many as are led by the um, by the Spirit of God, God. they are the children, children of God. Of God yeah. And it's also important for us to say here that many times we we box God into a corner to say this is how God must answer. Yeah. You must have heard, okay, pray through, you know, to we or be led. But the way I would be led might be different from the way God, um, sorry, God is going to lead someone else. Yeah. It's important for us, you know, to let God, you know, pray. And let God do the leading. We shouldn't box God into this is how it must happen. And of course, I think that's very instructive also to our leaders, you know, to people who are teaching, you know, just not to just pass their own experience exactly as this is how God does it. You know, yeah. the, it's very, very important. And also for young people as well, we should be open to learn, yeah. open, you know, to receive instructions. We can get different examples. You know, the essence of what's sharing is to say that you can be led and this is how it worked for us might not ex exactly be how it will work for someone else but one thing is sure god will be at the center and you will find peace and i'm not talking about false peace now because some people like I, i'm at peace with myself no yeah. <laughs> you would really know as a child of god yeah. you know that god is living with god. and it's not something you can fake right if it is true mm -hmm. then it is true well mm -hmm. one key thing that i would like to add to what she has said is the place of making choices you know a lot of people we give the definition of love as an emotion yes. but to a large extent is a decision yes. you can choose to and you can choose not to mm -hmm. and in the place of choosing to 
there are a lot of decisions you're going to make that are going to be intentional mm -hmm. you know and without those things even when god is leading you mm -hmm. you still have to you know come back to the place of getting to decide right. that you want to go that route you exactly know? god can lead you and you can say no god will not bend your wheels mm -hmm. he, he won't yeah he, he will let you make your choice yeah uh, let me just recap for everyone that's listening so like the key things like as a believer is that you should be led by god you can decide because mm -hmm. at the end of the day love is not an emotion but it's yeah. a decision mm -hmm. and also you should know that you cannot fit god's will or god's decision mm -hmm. or god's leading into a box that is what you can tell God, God, I want the man to be tall, six seven <laughs> or six eleven exactly. or whatever height you know. <clears throat> what God leads you to is you know, you should follow but by the end of the day it's your decision. Yeah. Um so this is very interesting because I know beginning of this year I started reading Genesis like again because you know, new daily dynamic encounters and you know Bible reading plan and something stuck out for me. So with um Adam and Eve we all know that Adam was not single, <laughs> but mm -hmm. God noticed he was the only one of his type, of his kind in the Garden of Eden. But Adam himself did not know it. But for me, what stuck out, struck out for Adam and Eve's story is that God presented Eve to Adam in Adam's, you know, he was in a place of rest and yeah. he woke up yeah. and everything. But, you know, he had been exercising his free will of recognizing things i'm going somewhere i'm coming <laughs> so he was um exercising that skill so he would see a dog and say this is a dog mm -hmm. see a lion and say this is a lion but the moment god presented eve to adam the moment like i would say god led adam to see mm -hmm. eve he was able to declare with his mouth that this is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. And it's funny because I, I like reading Genesis because that's when things actually started. Okay. That's yeah. the beginning of everything. And if we read further down, Isaac and I think it was Rebecca, the same situation happened. When Isaac saw Rebecca, he instantly recognized this is my wife, right? And then the same thing again happened with Jacob and Rachel, I think that's the name. And I'm like, so God will lead you there, but at the end of the day, the decision, the choice, and what you call this person is up to you. That's powerful. Like what you call the person is up to you. And it's it's very important to emphasize that because you know, most times and I know um I think it was Pastor that was saying that, you know, oh I married people say oh I married the wrong person. Really, at the point of you recognizing who that person is for you then you can actually make or mar whatever um wh whoever that person is and i think i would actually give i mean um, a personal example that happened yesterday you know um of course i shared something with my husband and the way you responded and in fact in my heart i was like this is what i truly call true love this is what i truly call being at peace you know where so someone else is able to stand in the gap for you so at, at that point it wasn't about oh, the mushy mushy feelings the, the butterflies in the tummy feeling it was about you standing together and worrying together on a particular issue and you know this person has your best interest interest at heart at that point the person can choose otherwise but w w what happens is we daily choose you know based on who we actually want um or who we already see that God has given to us, and we make the person into that, you know, um, if there's a form that, of course, here yeah, that you want, if there's, yeah. Let me, let me try to balance what she was trying to say. Um, 
oftentimes Christians forget the fact that the person you are going into a relationship with also has her or his own will as well. Yes. Even if you have been led, you should give them the room or give them the privilege of making their own decision as well. Making, you can choose them, but you should give them the room to choose you as well. You know, I, I was joking with my wife before she said yes. I said I was already dating you. <laughs> you know, you can date somebody and they're not dating you, you know. So, most Christians forget the fact that uh, because God is showing someone to you, then the person must say yes. You know, the person has the room to say yes or no, you know. So, you have to, you know, operate under that you no know, condition, yeah. Okay, let's bring it down to our Gen Z level. So, my question I'm not single, I'm like Adam, I'm working. <laughs> but my question is this you know, when you are eventually led and you start recognizing this person as who they are to you, I know most men, especially Nigerian men, are very, they're very bold. What they see the woman say, You're my wife, and then somebody. But my question is actually, so when they declare their intentions, when you're in the courting stage, in the talking stage, what principles or what things did you do that helped you to get to where you are now? And like, you know, it's, you can advise young people who, or people who are new in their relationship to practice, especially for the believers as well. Okay. Um, so number one, um, don't settle. So the fact that, okay, I have someone now shouldn't make you feel like, okay, um, I'll settle, you know, whatever. Continue to pursue what you were pursuing. Um, you know, so if you are in school, make sure you continue to, you know, um, give your best to it. What, you know, in, in the, um, you know, in the service of God, make sure you continue to give your best. Um, whatever you're doing, make sure you continue to give your best. And I think that's also an, um, the time to um, build relationship with your family Mm -hmm. i say that because if you don't have a a solid relationship with your family when you get married it's possible that relationship will become wider so um it's not a time to settle i've mentioned that it's also a time there's also this constant constantly seeking so constantly um asking i know um during our you know what we call the talking stage or well we like i think my husband made it clear right from the very you know, start that he wanted to marry me. So I would say courtship is that we, we were asking difficult questions. Like I was asking difficult questions. I was, I wasn't just going because I also, it, it comes from a place of value. So if you know that it's not like this person is doing me a favor by, you know, coming to me and I'm not doing that, you know, like, you know, invite, uh, vice versa, right? It's like, okay, how can we build together? What are we building on? So it's also important for us to build on a very strong foundation, right? That's very, very key. Like what foundation are we building on? And also we have to pay attention. And I know, um, you know, people say oh, love is blind, blind and all that. I personally, for one, because my husband and I were friends before I eventually said yes. I knew, like I, I knew and I used to say that oh, whoever marries this guy would enjoy. Because I saw the way he treated people. I saw the way, I saw his character. So I wasn't um, fine. I loved, you know, there were, there were, of course, there were a lot of butterflies in the tummy and all that. But it wasn't from a place of um being stupidly in love and not being you know and you know yeah, forgetting my reasoning right and of course i was say maybe because i'd been in a relationship before yeah. so i knew what <laughs> it shouldn't be and now that i see that so also it's important for us that even when a person has said you know our, you've said yes or what a person has said yes to you character is very important mm-hmm. you shouldn't overlook that because at the, at the end of the day it's a choice 
it is a choice so if you are going to choose this person does this person fit into the definition or into what god has shown you and not everyone would actually know their purpose before they get married but at least the person should be similar to where you are going to many people find themselves after after they've gotten married and some people you know and then they'll be like oh i didn't know you oh you changed and all that but of course change is the most constant thing in life but but once you know that this person has similar values and ideally values that are deeply rooted in god's word do not change values that are deeply rooted in god's word do not change people might change circumstances of life might change but their core would not change so the thing is are you equally yoked with someone or unequally yoked with someone based on that that's very interesting values character continue working on yourself and you choose always remember that the choice is up to you at the end of the day those are very 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 powerful because i know that me i've been in talking stages and all these things you're saying i don't think i ticked up all the boxes but that's good especially for like young people or people who haven't dated before like their eyes need to be open and i think this is just me poking you know there's a lot of um there's, a, there's popular beliefs about sex in relationships. What do you guys, or what, what what's your own belief, or what's the right belief that you advise every young person that's in a relationship or working towards a relationship that's going into marriage? Um, so sex before marriage? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, as, as believers, we know that um, it's, not, it's not the way to go. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's... Um, when you're smelling like okay so let me just give an analogy when there is um you're frying fish and all that you know it's always like you want to because of the smell you you know it's um the aroma is always very enticing and all that but if at the end of the day the fish is all yours why would you then want to eat the fish while it's still cooking do you understand so it's all yours at the end of the day so sometimes you know i think also what um it's important also for us to really know um who we are for us to really know why we are not doing that because if why you're not doing it is it's very cogent then you know that okay this is why i'm not doing it right but most times we, we don't have it just like don't do it don't do it give people reasons why they shouldn't do it i feel that would you know um that would you know fly um more and of course i'm not saying that um mistakes um you know <laughs> in, in cases where mistakes have happened there's grace available so don't feel condemned that oh oh I, this is i did this and all that but know that it is possible for you to stand and no one is saying that oh um your flesh should not tempt you and all that but um it's also important for us to know that we have capacity yeah so if you know that you know for example if you know that oh everywhere you go there is um cctv going around with you will you still do that mm-hmm. meanwhile there's actually cctv going around because god is watching us right so it's just being conscious of who we are is very very key but then if you are engaged in it no there's um, hope is not lost yeah. it's just you realizing that okay this is wrong this is not who I am in Christ, and then I I can change, and you can definitely change. change yeah. yeah, and that's very very true. I do agree with you.
you like i said my listeners you guys are going to hear this just one day one day but um yes i've been in a lot of incorrect relationships i've done relationships the wrong way which is the world's way and i've decided i'm no longer gonna ever do that so i understand yes there is grace if you've made the mistake and you learn from your mistake absolutely what is right you learn what is wrong Wrong. and what is not god's will for you so i totally agree with you um having that consciousness you know and being accountable to yourself and to jesus christ at the end of the day that Mm -hmm. i'm not going to do this thing because this is this is you know this is against what Jesus Christ wants for me. I know in Hebrews 13, they said the marriage bed on the father is honorable mm. to God. So keeping yourself at the end of the day is a, is a sign of honor to God. You're respecting God. Exactly. And another thing, a guiding principle that I've learned, you know, Jesus' greatest commandment to us is love, love and love to the point of death. So if you know you're going to commit sexual sin before you get married, that's... um. That's in, in you're totally negating that law that Jesus Christ has given to us. Because if you love someone, you won't want to um, also let them get into a place of making that mistake, or you know, you're considering them as well as considering yourself. So it's all compassion at the end of the day. So that's another thing. So, dear young people in relationships, please stay away from it. I know Paul and James they all warned us: flee, 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 flee. And we saw the story of Joseph and Potiphar flee from sexual sin. There's what, like Antitoto said, said, the fish is frying. It's cocaine. You still eat it at the end of the day. So why are you in a rush? Why are you in a hurry? You know, God is going to prepare it all for you. Yeah, uh, you guys have, you know, you have scattered the table already. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm going to add anything to it, is that um, most people should really understand what is going on. You know, it's not just about don't engage in it before marriage. As someone said, I think it was Pastor King said, I said, a fornicator is a potential adulterer in training. And what happens is that when someone is used to taking what is not ease, it's all about training. You know, when the person eventually gets married, the person is trained to take what does not belong to him. Mm-hmm. So even when he has something that belongs to him, because he's used to taking what doesn't belong to him, he's looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And there's the way brain works. If you have trained it over time to do things a certain way, it becomes a default mode. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about um, don't do it, don't do it. When you engage in it, you're training yourself for something yes but we have said it you guys have cleared the the hair on the fact that if there's mistake or there there was rape or something going on Mm -hmm. there's grace to cover the person but we're talking about somebody who is willingly engaging in that act that person is training himself or training herself for something that may not be palatable Mm -hmm. when marriage eventually occur Mm -hmm. you know so, um, so my last question is, I have two last questions, but we're very short on time. But my last question is, so each of you just give us one, one, what major lessons have you learned in your marriage that is not mainstream knowledge? You know, there's some things that everyone just says, oh, when you marry, the woman will change, the man will change, you know, you people will fight, there's always arguments, things like that. But like, what major things have you learned that is not mainstream knowledge and you feel people should know they should learn before they go into marriage 
so, hard question. When you say, say something is not mainstream, it's it's um not popular. People, a lot of people are not talking about it. A lot of people don't pay that attention. So now, for example, I know there's something I learned from Pastor Mildred and Kingsley. When they got married, they you guys also do it. So if they want to take care of their parents, you take care of his parents. She takes care of them. A lot of people don't yeah. practice that. Okay. Yeah. So. So why I asked to seek clarification is that most of these things, the knowledge is available out there. Mm. But it boils down to what you want to do, what you want to choose. For instance, when you talk about quality communication, I mean, the knowledge is out there. But how many couples practice active listening and good communication? Only a few. Because what we drive, what happens in the marriage is either you are selfish or selfless. And it's going to tell on the communication on the sacrifices you make, on the choices you make. And if I say what I'm going to say is not mainstream, it's not true. But what I'm trying to say is that if you can put the person ahead or include the person in whatever decision you're going to make, Mm -hmm. it will settle a lot of things. But will I say this is not mainstream? No. (laughs) To you, you, you know, every way, you yeah. A lot of people are least to gather knowledge yeah, from marriage. A lot of people just jump into marriage without you know educating themselves. A lot of people don't plan their finances before they get married. They don't plan the way they want to live. They don't plan their children's life. You know, how what schools would our children go to? What area would we live in? What kind of lifestyle do we want to give our children? So th- those are things that I feel we don't talk about enough, you know. Yes. Yeah, maybe people get carried away by, by the emotion and forget the choices yeah. and forget to ask the so-called so difficult questions. questions. Because where marriage lies is being able to have those difficult conversations. That is what we sustain marriage. Let me be hoping at this point, the love, the whatever mushy mushy butterflies we do do over a period of time what we carry you guys are the choices and the difficult conversations you've had mm-hmm. the resolutions that you've made for instance at the beginning we asked ourselves some difficult questions having that conversation is not palatable but you'll be better off having it than not having it my wife said something to me a couple of days ago she said that there's lack of quarrel in a home does not equate to healthy marriage you know so most people don't have quality conversations because they are trying to avoid, avoid each other they are trying to avoid arguing mm-hmm. but we argue or we disagree to ag- agree yeah. and that is what makes marriages work yeah. and let me say this to all our listeners out there if you see any marriage that is working they are doing something yeah. they're having difficult conversations they are having good communication skills and one person is definitely putting the other person ahead or putting the other person at the center of decisions you know and at the end of the day it all boils down to the choices you're making thank you thank you thank you finished. Yes, <laughs> the table is scattered <laughs> at a national level <laughs> no, like I, I actually even feel and it's it's so funny because that's not what our youtube is all about right our youtube is more about process of success but i feel that by god's grace we have you know a lot to actually offer in the place of marriage because um by god's grace you know, my husband has said that if you see a marriage that is working 
there's definitely something that they are doing well and it mentions something that i want that i want i think i want to jump on that lack lack of disagreement in marriage doesn't necessarily mean the marriage is elder you know like what, what i wanted to say that means that's not mainstream is that people say that you're getting married and you're married into the husband's own that's what is mainstream but one thing i have I, I have um, come to realize and of course as the Bible says is that you live to cleave mm-hmm. if there is no living there can never be a cleaving so the the um, mentality that we have that oh it's one family that is now adding and then you know no it's the husband and wife coming together your parents your families are now our families I'm not we're not an extension you know in that way we are a unit you know, and we can do things and we can achieve more if we actually see ourselves as that. So our families become our responsibility together. We are ensuring that we are also, you know, fulfilling God's purpose and extending, you know, what God wants through our marriage to the world. So it's very, very important for people to know that. So when you're making decisions, you're making decisions as a unit, not because of what my daddy or my mommy has said that I should do to marriage. And finally, <laughs> finally, the absence of God in your marriage mm-hmm. is an automatic invitation for the devil. Yeah. And you Very know what true. the devil can Thank you so, so, so much. I'm so glad that you guys were here to show this wisdom and knowledge. I'm, knowledge, the knowledge is pouring, like it's pouring mm-hmm. out. God bless you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank Amen. you. And thank you for having us. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thank you guys for listening and watch out for next episode. It's going to be fire, eh? It's going to be hot. <laughs> fire is impressive. <laughs>